podcast brought to you by Keeps. Do you guys keep think your the, fucking hairline? Do you guys think the characteristics of your feet say anything about your personality? Yeah. Mm, like I don't what? know. Like, what would you interpret from your uh, from someone else's feet? What do you see in Let's these see. toes? Hmm. Well, they're pretty wide. They're pretty meaty. You think so? Like you said earlier, they're pretty articulate. I got yeah, articulate. We talk about toes. each other's feet a lot. We talk about this. Yeah, this is. A yeah, why do you we... keep bringing this up, Anthony? This was somebody else brought this up. It, it wasn't me. Uh, I, I assure you that. I think I remember this differently. I feel like if you have pretty well kept feet, I think that says a lot about you. But I gotta, mostly for like, <laughs> I gotta clean my toenails. Alex hides his foot. He puts it up on the table to show us all. And when I start talking about hygiene, he's like, "All right, hey, my toes are clean. I took a shower yesterday, or the day before, but I washed my feet." I think everyone should. That's something I think a lot of people overlook when you're oh, showering. Dude, there's it's so easy to get like fucking some gunk and fungus in between your toes. <laughs> gunk and fungus. In, no, seriously, you'll have like a, some fucking fungus growing there. That's why we have athletes foot because mm. these sweaty ass motherfuckers don't know how to clean between their goddamn toes. Dude, I hated high school because <laughs> of like how unhygienic all the boys it's, were it's ridiculous yeah. dude, dude the like, locker room smelled like fucking balls when we like would straight crotch yeah i know nonstop. <laughs> to be fair though who like who really wants to have a fucking 10 minute shower in like some lukewarm open wide ass shit i would 100 percent rather just spray fucking axe i got all over my <laughs> yeah, body. no listen it's awful but it 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 works when yeah. you're in middle school because, like, everyone smells like shit <laughs> just naturally. Oh, absolutely. I don't know about you guys, but, like, I would literally use my gym shirt as a towel to wipe that sweat That is up. disgusting. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> and I then I wouldn't you. wash that shirt. I would just leave it in my locker and wear it the next fucking Dude. day. Right, that is where we differ, my friend. <laughs> You should compost that shit. You'll grow yeah, like mushrooms. It's gone, dude. It's decimated now. I got lucky in uh, my puberty phases because I barely sweat. I barely sweat now. Mm. So like even when it's I was like, a teenager. Like a condition. No, I mean, it's it's not like unnaturally non-sweaty. Like I do sweat. dry. But I'm not like just sweating from being in like an overly hot room or like doing some physical activity. I have to be like really working and then I'll start sweating. Have you ever wondered if you're cold blooded? Um, what is he a fucking vampire? Now I'm wondering no, about a reptile. I'm just making sure. <laughs> I'm a lizard person. You found me out. Well, thank you for coming out. <laughs> Anyways, um, so like getting out of the locker rooms and everything, I didn't want to shower in school because oh, of how no. quickly they push you through all the classes and everything. Dude, you have like less than 10 minutes to get your yeah. shit yeah, together. Dry, dry. Hold on. First and foremost, dry. <laughs> dry in like two minutes and then yeah. put on clothes. Fuck you. Imagine sitting <laughs> in, your, you. in your English class after your physical Sopping education. Wet. Yeah, you're just wet as fuck, half <laughs> clean, because you only had like a seven minute shower. Dude, you're like mother- writing an essay, and as you write it, it's just smearing <laughs> black all across the paper. Like, how is your hair is not going to get wet? In, imagine in winter. It's like, yeah, okay, no. yeah. Go the fuck out. Hey, you have PE inside. You shower, your hair's frigid, and yeah, it's just have, like fucking. You have a last period PE class. So you leave <laughs> we, in the middle of winter in uh i think it was ninth grade i had a uh me and my friend had p.e at second period which oh, is like dude. eight or seven forty-five. that's in the morning like a nap at fifth period yeah. <laughs> dude, I had, and then i had english class right after and i was just sitting there like 
Yeah. Dude, I, it, PE is like so dumb because you'll have like a whole unit on like yoga and it'll be chill as fuck. And then when the fucking seasons change, they're going to do like an outdoor touch football. Yeah, real baseball. The kids don't touch. No, they don't touch. They'll tackle the fuck out of you. You'll have people trying to actually play the game for what it is. Yeah. And And then you'll have tryhards. They're gym gym class tryhards. Did you guys ever actually play football in like elementary or whatever? Because my school never had football. We just had kickball. There was some shit about oh you can't the kids can't tackle each other too many kids got hurt well to be fair with the history of my school and what we did i don't question it but yeah i never played football we played football but i don't think it was pe sanctioned that was like some (laughs) that was some backyard recess shit okay yeah you know underground type shit shit that you don't talk about during lunchtime type shit you know? Were you in a fucking secret football yeah. club? Secret the football, football club. fight club. Yeah. Ronnie broke his wrist. It was scary. I broke Ronnie's <laughs> wrist. <laughs> it was scary. We mostly just played kickball in elementary school. We uh, we played a lot of very weird games. Um, there, Monkey Island. Dude, Monkey Island was part of it. There was a... Uh, towards the Monkey end... Island? You want to explain it? <laughs> Monkey Island is where you have a bunch of motherfucking hula hoops on the ground. And the monkeys must run between each island running away from sharks. Mm. The natural predator of monkeys. (laughs) There were points kept amongst the sharks. (laughs) (laughs) It was competitive for them. For the monkeys, it was about survival. Status survive. (laughs) Our game was four square. Foursquare was, was also good. Shit. I got my ass handed to me in Foursquare. You would get your Constantly. ass handed to me. I, I never took the time to understand the rules. Super bronze. It's iron, dude. Kickball in <laughs> square. I didn't know how to play kickball, dude. <laughs> it's in it's the name, man. <laughs> we, uh, towards the end of my elementary school career, we had two gym <laughs> teachers. One was, like, very adamant on, like, personal health. I think they... I don't know if it was just because we had two gym teachers and they just had very different styles of teaching or it was um, perpetrated by like the school trying to be both fun and more physically fit. Because the one teacher was very focused on like yoga and like doing cardio, like some light exercises. And the other teacher was like, let's fucking play kickball. Let's play this new game I thought of at lunchtime. Follow-up question. It, was it a male and a female yes. gym teacher? <laughs> ah, yeah. Did we have the odd. same ones? No, I don't know. I just, uh, it's interesting. sexist it's, right now? No, I'm trying to identify the sex, the sexism within the <laughs> education system in Wait, the which, first place. So then which one went to which category for you? Uh, I don't know. What do you mean you, <laughs> you don't know? You, know. <laughs> you haven't. Oh, did you not have the teachers? I, There's I mean, a similar I had setup. A couple, like I'm thinking more in high school, in which case we yoga? had the same uh, gym teachers. Who did the yoga? Uh, the woman teacher or the man teacher? Oh yeah, uh, I mean, I'm thinking of my gym teacher, and, and they fit within <laughs> that's the, what we're the, asking. They fit within the stereotype. Well, so what is the stereotype? You're women cur- stretch. Yeah, you're you're curving around being sexist. I will be fine sexist. in the eyes of Twitter. It's just <laughs> mild sexism too. Like women do yoga. Like, yeah, it's like a people, more people should do yoga. That's like yeah. saying women are cleaner. It's like yeah, because dudes don't fucking wash their ass. 
It's like a positive stereotype. <laughs> Granted, no one I should am, be stereotyping yeah. in general, but like, yeah. You know, everyone's human. We all apply stereotypes to everyone, whether we think about it or not. Dude, there was that Jordan Peterson clip that's been oh, going yeah. around Twitter. Yeah, you know what I'm talking I, about. I watched some of it. I he did. was talking about how like non-binary people are non-conforming people. He doesn't know you guys are simultaneously hitting and giving me a squint. <laughs> Cause that's some. It's just like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. Like, this what's he gonna say? Right? Yeah. No, no. Let's take a pause. This one's a thinker. Okay. Um, he was talking about how he doesn't know how to interact with gender non-conforming people because he doesn't have any stereotype to base yeah. it off of. So it's like, just say hello. Yeah, that's that's like the most simple answer. It's like just treat them like a fucking human. Yeah. And he's like, but I don't know which which way to either give you misogyny or sexism. Because, <laughs> like... Because you like, have to direct them at someone. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because, like, I, there might be some subtle ways that you treat men and women differently. You know what I mean? But, like, there is just, like, a base level of, like, certain politeness that you should just show to, like, strangers or, like, people that you see on the fucking elevator or coworkers or whatever, where you just like acknowledge Don't. who they are and you're like, okay, like, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't have to be anything more than just like, you know, you say hi in the fucking elevator yeah. and then you walk away. You're you know, looking you like to way like, too deep into it. If yeah. you have to start thinking about it. Exactly. Cause if you have like these, like, Oh, she's a woman. That means I must touch her back when I walk past her and all this yeah. other creepy rapey shit. You know what I mean? Like people who do that are insane. Yeah, well, it's just fuck. What kind of subtleties did you mean like, when you mentioned it? Like when you're like, this is. It's also, um, what's it called? Like for an example, if I were to be talking or arguing with someone, maybe, and this is this is definitely like a, a some level of sexism, but it's like <laughs> I might be a little bit more gentler with like a woman when I'm arguing versus like a man, where I would probably be a little bit more assertive. Okay. Something like that. Is that something know? that you feel like you should not do or um, are you okay? No, with doing well that? like I don't know how much of a difference it would produce in the real world. It's probably better to like not do that, you know? But then like um yeah, cuz you you kind of like you, it changes the way that you engage with people. So it's probably not good. But I'm just saying that like some people might have those hang-ups or whatever, you know, which yeah. I think is uh whatever, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, with something like that, I don't think it's like anything like blatant sexism or whatever. But I think it's, I don't know. I think it's just like an innate mindset that a lot of people are born with to treat women a little bit more kindly or more gently. It's a little bit more insidious. You know what I mean? Like, what do you mean insidious? Like it's under, it's like an undercurrent that isn't really like, like you don't explicitly do it, but it's like just so like built into you that it's like, you know, it's like into your mind already. You're trained to do it for mm-hmm. some reason. Yeah. You know? I feel like it takes a lot of effort on like someone's own behalf to like know themselves enough to like build a unifying line of how you can treat others. I th- That's and, why I try to keep it pretty universal. Yeah. Like I, the things that I sanction women for, like prohibit <laughs> doing for women, like I would fight a guy. Yeah. But thinking about yeah, it, it's like physical altercation. <laughs> there's a, there's like an anomaly in like the equality movements where people are like, Oh, well I can hit a girl if you guys want equality. And it's like, that's not what we should gain from that. We should <laughs> yeah. gain the opposite or yeah. like no one should be like physically yeah, fighting exactly. each other. That's like what we want to strive for. Yeah. I shouldn't have to fight anyone, yeah. but I will fight anyone. That's- I mean, if I'm getting beaten up, <laughs> like I'm going to fight whoever's fighting me back. But like, if I can't, I'm not, 
I don't know. It's like a like a fantasy to be able to. I just want to. I like I personally. Okay, it is a fantasy. I desperately <laughs> wish to get into a fight, but I want to go in like a boxing match or something. I'm talking I, about specifically with women. Like guys oh, like the idea of like getting into a physical altercation with I think a woman. It'd be interesting one time in my life. <laughs> <laughs> but it has to be like an MMA fighter. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I want to fight the best of the best. <laughs> like top MMA fighter. What's that girl's name? Ronda Rousey, you'd fight Ronda Rousey. Yes, I would love to. <laughs> I, you'd I kick I'd, your ass. Oh, probably. <laughs> probably. What do you mean, probably? Yeah, definitely. definitely. <laughs> I will not give up. <laughs> You've got endurance. <laughs> what were we talking? Pull it back from the clutches. We were talking about uh, treating women differently uh, versus like, treating like, men. Oh differently. yeah, like I think like a lot of that shit. It really is just a fantasy. Like they're like on Twitter and they're like, bro. If I, I was would, in that situation, if, if that girl treated me like this, I would have done that. And yeah. they're like, they're just like writing their fucking fan fiction on Twitter yeah. and however many characters. And they're just like jerking themselves thinking of it. Um, when I say fantasy, I don't think it's necessarily like a like a sexual one. It's more no, so I just like think that I, I'm just clarifying <laughs> yeah. for everybody like listening. Yeah. OK, because uh, I think it is just like some weird like it's just like a power yeah exactly thing. i don't know they're like oh oh you want to be treated like a dude well dudes <laughs> get fucked up yeah. we fuck dudes up i fuck dudes i fuck dudes <laughs> yeah I, it's just like that that comes innately with misogyny but like everybody in general has those little quirks where they treat people differently yeah and it's just yeah it's based on like it's based on a lot of things you know jordan peterson is going a step to the extreme to be yeah. like I just openly misogynistic. He's like, I, like yeah, <laughs> I treat all women way differently than I treat guys. Why? What do you mean I, by that? I don't know if he, yeah, I don't even know if he built on that. It was like specific about like the differences and how he treats people. Because it's innate. It's like, it's an understanding yeah. of the people watching this. They're yeah. like, oh yeah. You guys know what I'm talking uh, yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. You know, I'm always super curious as to these like uh, solitary, like extremists, like a, uh, or like were they t- is someone who was just taking an idea to the extreme uh where like Jordan Peterson are are those do they just say whack up whack shit so that way people take what they say <laughs> in moderation in the first place I don't know Wait, what do you mean by that so that way like the idea that the vocal minority are oftentimes the extremists of the ideology the, for example, Jordan Peterson for like maybe incels or, you know, people have been black pilled. It's like he is speaking to just the coping, the faction of the world, right? He's the extreme <laughs> of cope. Uh, <laughs> but like the idea is that the average person will Pinnacle listen to him and think, this is ridiculous. But to take what he says in moderation is to take the proper values from it. Yeah, if you were to... It, there's probably a... I, I think there prob- probably is a way where you could be charitable to Jordan Peterson and, like, try to understand his point of view that is, like, a little bit more palatable. But um, it, it's just the way that he presents it is so dog shit. And it's kind it, of on him. You should take it's away... It's kind of on him to present it in a better... I mean, the way that everyone should interact with these talking heads is basically don't take what they say (laughs) as truth, but take away from what whatever they're trying to say, whether or not you disagree with it or agree with it. Yeah, because the thing understand, is, if Jordan like, Peterson... Oh, sorry. No, you're good. But if Jordan P- Peterson wasn't, like, borderline crazy and, like, schizophrenic, <laughs> like, would he have any attention, like, at all? Um, 
I, I, th- I think a lot of his takes are pretty mild. It's just like he, the, the thing with Jordan Peterson in particular is like, um, he, he has like this doctor status. He has like this authority in a lot of people's minds because mm-hmm. he's like a psychologist. So they're like, if anyone understands how humans interact and how social behaviors are, it would be Jordan Peterson, but that's not the case mm-hmm. because every scientist is also just a dude. Yeah, and like, yeah. granted, you can have um, a particular advancement in knowledge in a particular area. But with Jordan Peterson, it's like, I don't think gender studies or like uh, sh- social behaviors is really his niche. Yeah. Cause like the thing is, is I think Jordan Peterson has like two different like parts of him. He has his like, he has a psychology that he talks about where he's very informed and he'll talk about like the different you know, like uh, Jungian psychology and he'll talk about Freud and he'll talk about all this other shit. It's very textbook, about, but he is yeah, very knowledgeable. And, and, he's, and, he, and he also has like, I think some good tips as well for like self-help because obviously it struck a chord with a number of people. You know what I mean? Like the whole 12 rules for life where it is just, it is very basic. Um, uh, what's it called? Like uh, on its face, it is very basic uh, like tips and tricks or whatever, but it is pretty profound. Like having someone just spell it out to you word for word, oh. like make your bed, clean your room, do all this shit. So then, um, Oh, yam break. He's uh, got to get his fucking yeah, it's, yams. it's yam break time. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Finish your thought, Anthony. Um, you lost it. But I'm going to no. go check on the yams. Basically, I'll keep going. You go. <laughs> God, these fucking losers. These fucking, these fucking yam obsessed assholes. I don't want to listen to what the fuck I have to say. Yam check. You want some yams? Baby Japanese yams that, that have been boiled for far too long. Overdone yams. Overdone yams. Soft yams. Anyway, basically, Jordan Peterson good psychology guy he spreads good psychology awareness stuff and self-help but all of his political shit and social uh commentary and everything is all dog shit it's all pointless silly and it's always him just asking questions and i him disagree just, and him just feel- leading up to he, he says he, he builds this narrative and he leads you to this conclusion but he never states that conclusion. You're literally building that very same narrative. You have zero conclusion. (laughs) I have no idea what you've been saying for like the past. Because you haven't been here. What? You've been stirring yams. (laughs) That's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Who would stir yams? (laughs) No, I I agree though. I I think that he's just not a very good political guy. I think that a lot of the stuff that he, he talks about, he doesn't really fully understand. And people revere that coming out of his mouth because he's like a doctor or it's like, cause he already built up his cred with the self help yeah, stuff. He has, yeah. he has credit, but it's like, yeah, I don't know. It, it's like Neil deGrasse Tyson in a way where it's like, he, he's a very respected, uh, like scientist or I guess person, uh, spokesperson in the realm of science, but like, he's just like not funny at all. The cred does not <laughs> translate. So are you saying that Neil deGrasse Tyson is like, as a human being <laughs> on the decline. No. <laughs> he's comparing, he's saying how Jordan Peterson is I'm good with psychology, but bad with politics. Neil deGrasse Tyson is good at science, but bad at funny. Okay, give, yeah. me a, yeah. Yeah. give me a credibility timeline for these two people. It's not what about you, a timeline. It's about like just the status well, of yeah. having this credibility and not being able to are you translate that, it. Are you saying that they, 
Oh, I, not everyone could be a jack of all trades. Well, is what I mean, I'm saying. I kind of uh, the the social idea of credibility is kind of like a trend line, right? Because you're building up a certain amount of credit within a field, your yeah. credibility, like the, your honor and credibility on being factual about what you said beforehand, should translate to another field, or at least that's a public perception of it. Yeah, but but early, that's that's what I'm trying to. Yeah, yeah. Not, not that it's I, don't, I don't view it in like the 4D. I don't use time as a metric. It's mostly oh, just like I, level. I think it's okay to look at like time, but like when you think about like credibility, that's also kind of subjective in a lot of ways. Like when you're t- when you're talking about general social discourse and like who is accepting what messages and taking what as fact, you know what I mean? There's like um Jordan Peterson first got his like popularity and built some credibility with like right wing audiences when he uh, there was like that argument where he was outside of his uh, outside of his lecture hall and he was arguing with like trans people because they were uh, they were interrupting his thing because he made some statement or something like that. That was like his initial. Oh, yeah. He made a statement about Bill C-16. He said that Bill C-16 was like silencing free speech because it made uh, people like say they're um, like call people's I'm sorry call people by their preferred pronouns but the bill only referred to landlords uh, employers and things of that nature not the general public yeah things so, that oh, so he kind actually of, applied a discrimination so like it's for a lot of left-leaning people who like saw that and like paid attention to that he lost credibility and didn't have much credibility but to right-wing audiences because he was being a bulwark against like trans ideology quote unquote he he built up that credibility with them oh so but, he's trying to woke moralists and then <clears throat> as he like as time went on he made his he wrote his book the 12 rules for life and he built even more credibility with like the self-help stuff and that was like popular not only with incels but also with just general like just a lot of people who um you know were are like into that self-help thing you know he, he's talked a lot about like having individuals come up to him and talk about repaired relationships and you know bettered lives and things like that which is good and it's positive and it definitely adds credibility towards his self-help which i i would think um or at least i have i see credibility in him with the self-help stuff but it's just a lot of his political social stuff is silly i see i see like mild credibility in his psychology i think that it's not like any groundbreaking uh well no it's not groundbreaking but it's also what has he said that's I think he knows wow. what the problem is with a lot of people, like mentally. I think he's understood a lot of like what I'm, I'm which I'm kind of surprised at. I think he understands what bogs a lot of people down mentally. Um, but otherwise, like I, I, I think it's so strange, too, because I feel like which is probably what makes a lot of people think that he has a lot of credibility. Um, it, it doesn't make sense for someone who's like who would be great at poli- or, uh, uh, psychology and then it does not translate at all to politics because I feel like there's a lot of overlap that happens with understanding how people work and understanding <laughs> how people work in a society. Yeah, but maybe he just doesn't have the background in knowing how he can influence politics. Yeah, because... Well, he's definitely influencing. There's like, <laughs> well, yeah. there's like... People have different reasons for being... for having like whatever ideology they, ha- they have. Like... I'm pretty sure, to be honest, other than like trans rights stuff, Jordan Peterson is like pretty liberal, like in a lot of his like policy prescriptions. I know he has he just, a, a weird 
Because he's Canadian. Like, it's like, <laughs> Canadian. You're like fucking born liberal there, pretty much. Unless you're like Steven Crowder because you moved to fucking Michigan. Even Crowder Canadian? Yeah. Oh, he's Jesus. A, I'm pretty sure he was born in Quebec. Bro. Hot <laughs> yam. I don't want to. F- this is a steamy yam. No butter, no cinnamon. It doesn't need It's a Japanese really good. yam. They're really good. I'll take a so, bite. It Can might be a bit a hot. Take care. Oh. Trip report. Bus report. <laughs> um, dry. Doesn't really taste yeah, like much. Yeah, absolutely. I agree, <laughs> but a little bit of butter. That's what I'm. Or, that's what I said. Maybe some cinnamon, cinnamon <laughs> sugar, butter. Mm. Just, what did you just break? Compound just sweet butter. Punched my phone and then it fucking flew onto the ground and it shattered. Do you guys know who it Rick Rubin is? No, I do not. He's a producer, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He um, he's he has a lot of pretty prolific uh, credits. Talking about credibility. Mm. <laughs> Speaking of credibility, <laughs> um, Rick Rubin knows a lot about psychology. He <laughs> he um, he had an interview recently. I guess this is kind of old news, but it's still just something incredible to talk about because it it leads so much into the general world of art and art expression and understanding it. But he, had, he Rick Rubin had an interview recently. I forget who with, but they were basically talking about how he doesn't actually do anything when he produces. He does like oh like I, very little. I saw that. He's basically just like somebody who knows what sounds, sounds good. good. Yeah. And he's he's basically just like an ear that they put <laughs> in the studio. And people have made comments about that in the past, like kind of angry with him. But like, they're like, he doesn't like actually do anything. He's the worst type of person to yeah. produce with. Um, and I think that it, you can totally tell that just by looking at him. He literally <laughs> yeah. just never wears shoes. He has this long ass beard. So you're telling me that is Rick Rubin, he's featured as a producer. Yeah, because so, he's technically producing. They put him on the producer. Like people want to get Rick Rubin because he does have enough credibility to be like a named uh, producer. Um, but people just bring tracks to Rick Rubin. He's like, yeah, this is good. He will be like, in the studio with the them. Mix on that. Yeah, he'll be <laughs> like, you probably want to change like the timbre of the guitar here. Or like you probably want to add some trumpets or some shit like that. Mm. He just um, gives advice. Basically, he's like a consultant, yeah. <laughs> like a music consultant. He's been, well. I, I'm pretty sure he would like actually do some stuff, but like very little in terms of what an actual producer does. Because what an actual producer does is they're making the song. Yeah, like they're they can usually play instruments or they're using like a DAW or whatever the fuck. Yeah, they'll be doing something actively with the uh, the artist. But like Rick Rubin would sit in the studio. And just be like, yeah, that sounds good. Or like, no, change that. <laughs> wow. And I, I think that, like, I'm honestly not mad at him for that. Like, I, I think that is definitely something. It's, it's valuable. I don't think he should yeah. be called a producer. I think he I should agree. Get, I think he should be called a music consultant. He's an overseer. Or, yeah. <laughs> is that A&R? What is A&R? You're asking the wrong person. <laughs> you would know, man. <laughs> Just because I have a nine to five doesn't know doesn't mean I know business acronyms. No, A and R is like music thing. Is it? Yeah, I've never heard that. Uh, hang on. Audio representative. Audio, Audio representative. Oh, A and R division wow. of a record label is responsible for finding new recording artists and bringing those artists. Uh, the okay. talent that's people. different. Yeah, they're like listening to music and then bringing them onto the label. That's cool though. Um, that's a job I would want to have. Yeah, that would be a cool job. 
You're, yeah. you're just like looking for underground artists. You're literally just getting paid to listen to music. Yeah. <laughs> like that would be fucking awesome. But cool. honestly, Rick Rubin would probably be a good yeah. A&R yeah. person because he could right. listen for what is hot. You know, He'd what's probably good, move what's up hot. from A&R. Maybe. I don't know how much I would, I don't know how much credibility I would actually give Rick Rubin because like <laughs> a lot, he's produced some pretty shitty albums or like albums Ooh. that in my opinion, and, and this is all subjective, yeah. obviously, because we're talking about credibility, which we already established was uh, a subjective. subjective yeah. And then we're in the world of art now, which <laughs> is like everything goes out the window for objectivity. Um, we're just talking about shit now. <laughs> we're back, baby. Welcome to the shit cast. <laughs> Welcome to the Null Thought Podcast. Did like we already, halfway through. Yeah. Well, you kind of did an intro in the beginning. Yeah, we already have. I don't one. know if you recorded it, though. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, I'm Zane. Anyways. <laughs> and I'm Alex. And Rick Rubin is uh, a very established... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, musical overseer is what we call him. But like, what I wanted to <laughs> title. He has AirPods. <laughs> <laughs> he walks in already listening to the song that you're producing. It's He's like, shit. change all of it. Yeah. Um, iconically with no shoes. Sounds like the uh, the producer from a uh, fucking. No, I was gonna say the uh, big time rush, but no, it's the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Who's big time rush's producer? Rick Rubin. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but like the idea of like this atmosphere around Rick Rubin now is just someone who comes in solely based off vibes, I think is honestly pretty interesting because there is some credibility to it. I think understanding or like gaining things from art requires like a specific mindset. And that's why I think there's so many people who like definitely understand art and there's um, yeah, people a- who are like sternly opposed to it. They'll be like, this is stupid. It's not like a pretty image. It sounds like he has a very instinctual understanding of art, but probably has nothing a very, else. Yeah. Well, he probably has a lot of... Uh, he was, Does he know how to play any instruments? I don't know, but he definitely knows how to produce generally. Okay, like he, okay. He's at he, least he's a good... Because <laughs> he started producing when he was in college, and he's like oh, okay. older now, probably like mid-40s. Does, does he I have like guess. formal education in music? I don't know. He was in college for something. I don't know if it was for... Jamie. Electronic music production. Jamie. Jamie. Jamie, get out of your cage and look it up. If I had to guess, he definitely has um, like a pretty good skill in uh, like actual producing or mixing and mastering. But like he's just produced and mixed so much music that he's sitting on this throne of just vibes. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's what he's gotten to. Uh, Because I'm because. Like, imagine there's some scientists out there, too, who are like, or professors at colleges who are just like, I'm on tenureship. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That's him now. He's just getting paid to listen to music and be like, it's bad. (laughs) He's a, Anthony, you were right all along. He's just advanced (laughs) A&R. We got to consult Rick Rubin, the music god. Apparently he went to New York University, but I don't know, like, what he majored in or anything. Did he produce the soundtrack to uh, The Last of Us? Let's see. Why would he do that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how to distinct it without like discrediting video game music. I was about to be like, he makes actual music, but that's like. Yeah, I have no idea what he's made. (laughs) Regular music, I should say, but that's still pretty. The people's music. That's what he makes. What Rick Rubin has. What, What genre does he produce for mainly? He's He's done done it all. Uh, Like on his Wikipedia, it showed like metal, rap, 
Fuck he yeah. produced a <laughs> system of a Down's toxicity, which he, I found to be a really here, crazy fact. He has also produced, or here, I'll read it from the beginning. Ruben helped popularize hip hop by producing records for acts such as the Beastie Boys, Ghetto Damn. Boys, Run DMC, Ghetto Public Boys. Enemy, and LL Cool J. He also Damn. produced hit records for acts from a variety of other genres uh, System of a Down, Metallica, Slayer, Red Hot Chili Peppers, The Strokes, Weezer, Aerosmith, Linkin Park, Rage Against the Machine, Johnny Cash. He's what? worked with a lot of fucking people. Yeah. Holy shit. And all these people hate him? That's crazy. No, no, no. <laughs> he, he doesn't have like a... But that's what I... I think that goes back into what I was originally going to talk about because like his status as this music guru is like pretty established. Like people that's, aren't mad at him for it. They're just... It, it, they just all have the same stories that he doesn't actually do anything physically. I he just has a really good ear. I think I get it because he just made them improve on their own. So it's like, yeah. how can you really be mad at that? Yeah, it's like, I mean, he's definitely a producer, man. He's not useless. He's yeah. just, yeah. I guess his methods are just very abstract. They're, I guess that's like the most positive. Yeah, it's the most positive way to put it. Yeah, His production is through... Chakra. <laughs> I'll be he's your the, teacher. He's the yeah. certified vibe checker. He comes in with no <laughs> shoes on, dude. <laughs> Tell me he isn't like a guru at this he point. He like longboarded like 30 miles to the studio. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like a how a old is he? Like, latte in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> no, he would be kombucha. True. Actually true. That's how he lives forever. He he so reminds me of like those people from the 70s, like all the all psychonauts, of <laughs> all of the people from the 70s. He reminds me of those psychonauts in like the first wave of LSD. Oh, yeah. Mm. Psychedelics. Like he reminds all the fucking um, Woodstock people. Like beyond Woodstock, Woodstock oh. but like the people who are actively making the chemicals or like the scientists uh, self-exploring chemicals. He didn't even make the music. <laughs> <laughs> I'm simply <laughs> creating enough vibes yeah, yeah. to get high. Yeah, this is good LSD. <laughs> he would just materialize the LSD somehow. You're watching a you're watching a TV show with Rick Rubin on the couch, and he's like, he's "Yo, this LSD is crazy." And you're like, "You're high? You're you took a tab?" And he's like, "Nah, I just willed it." <laughs> He's like, he's meditating himself into a fucking LSD peak. <laughs> I imagine he would moaning. know uh, card tricks where you can like pull out paper from behind your ear. But like, <laughs> he doesn't know magic. He just started no, he just doing does. that. <laughs> <laughs> he has no clue. Like, watch this. You guys are in a different dimension. <laughs> How did you do that? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Vibes, bro. I've been doing this forever. Take your shoes off, man. <laughs> 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 then you'll feel the wave <laughs> whoa dude you're right the dogs direct me you, you invite him over for dinner and he walks into your room and he's like the feng shui is way off right now. <laughs> he starts immediately reorganizing everything <laughs> he improves this is everywhere wrong. he goes I'm going to bad trip if you keep me in this room any longer the way it is <laughs> he's in a non-stop perpetual trip <laughs> that's why when he walks into the stew he's fucking like pantsless, shoeless, and they're yeah, like, "What are you thinking, like, Ruben?" He's like, "Scrap it." It's giving me bad vibes. I'm seeing shadow people. We need, we need a new studio. Rick, Rick, can you can you like can you quantize these beats over here, bro? My hands are melting. <laughs> the f- 
quantizing a beat, first of all, is fucking so easy to do. (laughs) It's just right click. It's literally, there's a, the hot key in FL studio is alt Q (laughs) and it brings up a sub menu where it automatically does it. You can't even do that. When, when he was going to school in, uh, in my U, like when he first started, it was all mechanical. So like, there is no way to alt Q on that. He's using switchboards. (laughs) That's why he invented alt Q. (laughs) He's like, these beats need to be quantized easier. He would make some fucking shit called Fruity Loops. <laughs> and he sells it to fucking the Belgian company. Or the, it's no, Belgian? They're, uh, they're European, I know that. Mm. Gross. Just kidding, Jamie? all of our European viewers. You guys are fine. We actually fine, do though. have a few viewers yeah, from Belgium. Yeah, those guys are fine. <laughs> but the rest, Shut up, Belgium. watch out when you go outside. Just stay safe, you know? Why do we have against we Belgium? Every no, no, country that we mentioned. We're, we're, we're so pro-Belgium. We're pro-Belgium. Only our viewers from Belgium. We support huh? them. What? No, all of Belgium. They're all I don't know. Allies. I don't know the rest of Belgium. They're good enough. Are they? I don't know. <laughs> For me. We don't know have them. You, have you they're been probably cool. We can give them the benefit of the doubt sure that they're cool. Allies. I'm what? They're part of the US EU. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And NATO. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> I guess those guys are all right. They're all right. <laughs> we did the they're same right. thing with Romania. One <laughs> <laughs> another European country down the drain. They're Actually, all right too. <laughs> we've already we've already like trashed and burned the bridge that we have with uh <laughs> A Britain. <laughs> oh yeah, but, you know we don't like, even ancient beef. That's fine. Ancient beef. Yeah, that's that like one age. Old that, bridge. That's a tribal feud that we have. <laughs> <laughs> they understand that's though. A blood feud. I feel like I don't see any British people making fun of Americans as much as I see Americans making fun of British. Because we're in America, we censor yeah, them. Maybe <laughs> we, we censor them. them. <laughs> Do Bro. not mention the word crap. It will get censored. I'm going to bleep that out, actually. Ours is also it's, it's shadow banned on Twitter. <laughs> so have you guys seen The Last of Us? Uh, I've not seen the show, but I played the game, but I know it worked as a show. I have not played the game or watched the show. <laughs> You've watched the first two episodes of That's the show. That's more than both of you. Yeah, yeah okay. You have... Because I also saw a playthrough. I saw a playthrough. I have the cutscene knowledge, and but you have two extra episodes on okay. me. But yeah, I hundred percent see how it works as a show. Do you think it works better as a show versus a game? Because I've honestly, that's the the idea that I've had the entire time. I'm just waiting for it all to come out so I can binge it. Um, yeah, pr- probably because I, I think like a lot of a lot of the a lot of video games um kind of lose the plot. Sometimes when the objective, when like you're just given like a big open space and there's like 20 dudes you've got to kill. And I I don't know how much that happens in The Last of Us. I don't remember the game that much, to be fair. But I feel like, you know, with um, what's it called? When you could do storytelling, like with a movie or a show, you're able to make like individual combat and like individual um, uh, scenarios or encounters a little bit more drawn out and like more fantasized. Yeah. More, more difficult for the characters as well to overcome, which I think is like more entertaining. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause like when you're in a video game, sometimes there's exploits that can make it goofy, pull, pull out like the suspension of disbelief or whatever, or it's just like enemy after enemy, after enemy, after enemy. It's like, why the, what, what is this game? You know what I mean? Like I thought, this was all different, but yeah, to be fair, there's like a lot of, I'm pretty sure in the last of us, there's like a lot of stealthing and like moving around the zombies as opposed to like 
fully attacking them head on or something. So. I think yeah. The Last of Us had a pretty realistic experience. Yeah. yeah. It I was felt, more face on. I felt uh, like. Uh, oh, sorry. No, you're okay. I kept uh, cutting you off. <laughs> but uh, with the with the game, it's easier to feel like the world is more empty versus a show where that like each scene can be filled up with some uh, excess amount of miscellaneous shit. So it's yeah, like true. you're not traveling between empty spaces. You're traveling like you're, in the you're show. In it's the like empty you're, space. Yeah. yeah, I see what you're saying. They're sh- they're showing the things that aren't necessarily explained in game, or mm-hmm. like you kind of just have to assume. Because yeah. like when there is downtime, they could fill that space in with like more plot. Yeah, or cut, like, the, cut the scene. Yeah, you have it's a Joel like, Ellie cut scene. You can because you can build like the suspense or like the understanding of like desolation. You mm. know what I mean by using like B roll shots. You know where you cut like to different shots of buildings and shit. And they've done that in the show, and it it looks really cool. Like okay. the, the way that they present the the city or whatever. Like you could see like massive buildings falling over. Like tilted onto one another it's cool um but i've yeah i've only seen two episodes so <laughs> i will have to say though it seems like the game does do a good job of uh giving that kind of movie like experience like when you're traveling yeah. to a new place the like ellie and joel will have a conversation with each other mm-hmm. about just some random shit or something plot related maybe I've always wanted to build a parallel between The Last of Us and Metal Gear Solid 4. And it's that The Last of Us is kind of like the evolution of what Metal Gear Solid 4 uh, was kind of trying to do in turning the entire game into a movie. Where in Metal Gear Solid 4, it's just like it's 60 gigabytes worth of cutscenes. But in The Last of Us, it's 60 gigabytes worth of in-game cutscenes. Yeah. And so it's like... Another game that does that really well is... um... Uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Oh, it yeah. It feels like a fucking movie when you play it. And it's like, it's very seamless going from cutscene to gameplay where it feels like, you, or not feels like, but you're like playing through the cutscenes. And it's like, you know, you can control the character however you want or whatever. But it's like, you know, it makes you feel like part of the game, really. And it's like, it's just a really cool experience. That's something in the, uh, like, the first five minutes of Hogwarts Legacy, uh, a game that I bought. I'm planning on streaming uh, sometime soon, too. <laughs> Uh, shameless plug, of course. Got to get it out somewhere. Where can the people find you? Uh, at twitch.tv forward slash doteguy08. Uh, yeah. 08. 08, but yeah. Uh, fuck, what was I saying? But they have like really seamless transitions between the uh, like the character like healing and all these tutorial things. Yeah. And they scrap it right out the fucking gate. Like as soon as you finish the tutorial, nothing I've seen has done the same oh, thing. for but The also, Last I'm, of Us? I'm talking about it in Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, okay. I see. Like, there aren't, like, detailed animations for things and stuff? I mean, there is, but also I'm not very far into that game, so oh, okay. uh, I'll, I'll see how, as it progresses, but the entire, like, flow of how they dealt with cutscenes just changes for, like, the generic Mass Effect, like, dialogue kind of in between two people. But yeah, I think, uh, I definitely think it, I don't know if it works better as a TV series, but it works well. Like, it definitely works well. I think it's, I think the game's executed yeah. well, too. I think that's like one of the series if you were to make it uh, if you were to make a video game a TV series that's probably the best contender Yeah, I think it could translate very easily and it seems like it is and will I think Halo could have been a good show the 73 uh, the 73 hour movie of Halo not 70 I think Call of Duty would be so bro (laughs) no unironically though because there was a I forget what the director's name was There was a director that wrote a script for a Halo movie and it was going to be like a really gritty, like almost zombie movie with the flood. And it was going to be like really like fucked up and gritty and dark and shit. And I, would that would, I think to, that would have been cool. 
I, I would 100% look forward to any other Halo um, like universe media because they had that whole animated series with like Halo Legends uh, and there was another continuation of that. Those like accumulation of like short films were fucking phenomenal. Uh, uh, just really good. That. and uh, They're just in some of them aren't lore but they're Uh-oh. just like a in fandom right. short animations by a bunch of different uh they have the animation team who did uh I think it was either Dragon Ball Z or uh or like uh another some other fighting anime but they had that team the the artist for that team just the studio made a whole episode for that show it's like wow fucking cool you get to see Halo as an anime now that's pretty cool. cool I don't know it'd be Halo as an anime sounds weird actually <laughs> It, it would Was be much Japanese? more. No, it'd be much more <laughs> consumable. Like, trust me when I say that. Halo. Then like a live. Oh, action, what do I say? Like, like a, a lot. Like you a, say like a well Halo, pro, like a well-produced live-action series. I'm saying that a live-action series for Halo would be horribly let down. I think it would be unless you uh, have. It needs to be a movie with enough CGI budget to rival like fucking Superman. Yeah, or Avatar. Yeah, I don't know about it. Doesn't need it. Depends it doesn't on, need Avatar. It depends on what Superman. story in the Halo universe or whatever you want to tell you know what i mean very very Cause some, true because some of that does require big budgets you know if you wanted to you know recreate the fucking like halo overlook or whatever which probably every movie yeah. want, would want to do if, if you want to rekindle any fucking hope yeah. in halo fans you got to go big that's true too. with it because you can't just release but, the halo shit tv series and be like oh let's hype up our new movie that's well, no, it doesn't really have to good. be shit but if it was like unique and it was like it like that makes it interesting like i, I need a good trailer <laughs> have you guys ever seen um peacemaker peacemaker is a it's like a it's a dc show like it's in the dc universe oh! they, have, oh, they have terry cruz no they have idris elba do they have the rock yeah they do have the rock he's black adam oh my god <laughs> Wait, hold, so black adam is in that show but he also no, has he's not in movie? that show he's a, he's in the dc universe oh, okay yeah but i but like peace so like Peacekeeper, it's like um, if John Cena is oh, the main okay. character. No John's, way. John Cena is like the main character, and he's like this. Um, his peacemaker. His like lore is that he will kill anyone who gets in the way of peace at all costs, no matter who it is, whether it's women, children. So he. How do you do he's that? He's a confused so like, Punisher. So he's like a yeah, he is like a confused <laughs> Punisher, but he's like he has like soft cuddly moments and like funny like camaraderie moments and like also he's just like, your average no, dude no like, that's like, <laughs> like your average dude it's it's honestly a really good show i really recommend it because it, it, it's like it, it takes like the superhero thing and kind of flips it on its head a little bit okay and, and i think it's like if you've seen the boys i don't know if you've seen any of that I, yeah I've we watched the, the first like the episode. first season well i think the boys is a really good show too and it's kind of in this in a similar vein where it's like a gritty superhero thing, but I, I think it's really like good. supernatural, but for men, like uh, Twilight. <laughs> Twilight was really gritty. Supernatural was also a good show and different. Yeah, it was different. This has been the No Thought, Thought Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, uh, it's real cool. <laughs> I've been Zane. I'm Alex. <laughs>